0: This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network.
1: They approach the quarter pole and fun on the run. Still full of run out here. Funner on the run kicking on for home. Red is second. Silver Charm now comes to prove the danger down at the rail. Heads are turned for home. Fun on the run. Red on the outside. Silver Charm catching stride for stride at the rail. And Silver Charm now hitting the front. Fun on the run trying to battle back. A 16th to go and Silver Charm free house with a late run on the outside. But Silver Charm's done enough to win. Silva John wins
2: the San Vicente.
0: Now, here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich.
2: Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with Bob Nastanovich. We've got a dozen races from around the country to talk about tonight on the Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview. Bob, including this year's edition of the grade two San Vicente of course it was just a little over 25 years ago that Silver Charm beat Freehouse in the 1997 edition and that of course the voice of Trevor Denman calling that year's edition Frank Miramati will be on the mic for this year's San Vicente and Bob Baffert won it then he's got a good chance to win it again this year
1: yeah and Bob Baffert uh, won it last year with a horse that uh, I only vaguely recall called Having a Meltdown um So, uh, yeah, no, uh, and look, let's face it, uh, Muth, who ran a well-beaten second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile behind Fierceness. Fierceness, I noticed, um, is uh, working right along at Palm Beach Downs for his fans uh, who were wondering what he's been up to. He's got four good works in recent weeks at Palm Beach Downs, but he beat Muth, uh, who's a grade one winner, over this racetrack by six lengths in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. This is Muth's return race. He's been working well. Seems like the kind of horse that's seven furlongs, eight furlongs uh, should kind of be ideal. I'm not sure if he's a proper route horse. Um, Pilot Commander, the four horse in here, his stable mate is one for one. He's a justify colt. He really could be anything at this point. It's hard to get a read on him. Um, I think Muse is going to be two to five in here. <clears throat> I can't pick him at that price um, coming off the layoff after the Breeders' Cup. I'm going to take a shot with the inside horse, the One Moonlit Sonata, who really impressed in his debut. He's by Malibu, Mo- Mo- Malibu Moon out of a distorted humor mare. Really lovely old school seven furlong pedigree. Um, the second damn salt champ won the 2005 Santa Monica here. Working really well for Tim Yakteen, and he came from way out of it. And I think he'll be a kind of a generous price with the two uh, Bafferts in here. I expect him to uh, pull an upset Moonlit Sonata.
2: Okay, I think it's, uh, it's more wide open than just Muth, but I think Muth is the one to beat in this spot. And even though he's run well around two turns, I, I'm not convinced that he's better at two turns than he is one turn. By the way, Bob Baffert has more San Vicente wins than any other trainer. I believe 11 and counting. As of now, and uh, on a sad note, the horse that won it last year, having a meltdown, unfortunately, uh, had a catastrophic breakdown. I believe around May early in 2023, and uh, his uh, not, both his racing career and his life, unfortunately, cut short. Uh, so. Bad memories with having a meltdown, but he was certainly very good in the San Vicente last year. I expect Muth to get the job done in this year's edition. By the way, according to our friends at Amwager, using form to win, uh, they say the best value in the race is number two, Slider, for John Sadler. And Joel Rosario, Slider has been trying the turf in his most recent two starts. But speed speed figure-wise, his two efforts on dirt to start his career – to me, look better than his two starts on turf. So he may be getting back to his better surface tomorrow in the San Vicente, but he'll probably have to run better than he ever has if he wants to get the win he's four to one on the morning line. Speaking of Am wager, they're giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus just for HRRN listeners. Here's how. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's that easy. Amwager is a wagering platform that's loaded with valuable tools and features, including odds charts, odds predictions, and much more. You'll also get free access to Form to Win, a revolutionary app that analyzes past performance data in just minutes. So go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager, built by horse players for horse players. All right, we're going to jump back to the East Coast, Bob, and uh, two stakes on the Saturday card at Aqueduct, including a Kentucky Derby points qualifier in the Jerome. Goes as race number three on the card. Three-year-olds going a one-turn mile, just a field of five, and... 10 valuable kentucky derby qualifying points to whoever wins this race the betting public likely will side with number one drum roll please who's coming off a good third place finish in the grade two remsen last time out
1: yes the 154th renewal of the jerome and uh, the next race we'll talk about is the 153rd renewal of the the, uh, ladies so Really grand old races at Aqueduct this weekend. Drumroll, pre, uh, please, who finished third, as you mentioned, in the Rems, a well-beaten third. Um, he, you know, sits Brad Cox and Javier Castellano. Even Money in the Morning Line um, could probably even be shorter than that. Uh, at this point at Aqueduct, I'm not going to take anything that comes from off the pace uh, with any kind of confidence, especially at a short price. Um, for those who... Uh, Found the Remsen to be an exciting race, understandable. If you think it's a key race, uh, Dornock, who won the race uh, for Danny Gargan, um, has no works since the Remsen. And Sierra Leone for Chad Brown, who ran an exciting second, looked, looked all over the winner and Flatten Out, has been working uh, right along at Payson Park. Uh, if you love them, too, then you, then you pretty much have to insist on, drumroll please, uh, being the uh, likely winner in here. I'm going to go for a mild upset from the four-horse, the New York bred. El Grande O, he's definitely shown an affinity for this racetrack. And Linda Rice, who was uh, recently named the uh, leading trainer for the year in New York, or actually not named, actually won that title, um, trains this one. Uh, Good racehorse, likes the track. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see what Ray Gallo does for Maryland trainer Brittany Russell and her husband Sheldon rides. Very talented horse gets tested for class in the drone, but my selection is going to be the four El Grande
2: O. Okay, I like the favorite. Drum roll, please. I don't think he lays over the field, but I think he's the likely one to beat, and he's also likely to be three to five in this spot, so, which means I'm likely not to bet him. But I think uh, that last race, that third place finish in the Remsen, is very good. I think that was a much better Remsen than we usually see. Uh, that race is kind of hit and miss as to you know where the horses turn out. Of course, we had a, a good one a few years ago with Mo Donegal and Zandon, um, but that's pretty rare. I think this year's with Dornick and Sierra Leone uh, is going to be another one that proves to be very, very fruitful. And drumroll, please, certainly not disgraced when running third behind those two very promising uh, now three-year-olds. I'm going to take him to win the Jerome. By the way, the Jerome, the second oldest stake race in the country, Bob. Second only to?
1: The Belmont. The Travers, you were the so Travers. close.
2: The, although the Belmont, the Belmont <laughs> and the Travers, within, within the Belmont and the Travers miles. will be running in the same location this year. Uh, <laughs> but yes, uh, the, the Jerome and for for the Jerome forever, by the way, which a lot of people may forget, uh, was a race that was during the fall meet at Belmont Park, and it's only within the last, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago or so that the race is at Aqueduct and has been moved to the beginning part of the year. There there are actually three horses who won the Jerome and won the Kentucky Derby, but it was the other way around. They won the Derby and then ended up going on and winning Jerome, including Aristides, the first ever Kentucky Derby champ. Uh, moving to the aforementioned ladies which as goes as the eighth race on the card uh, bob also mentioning that this is a uh, historic or an historic race the lady stakes for the fillies and mares going a mile and an eighth on the main track a short but sweet field of six in this spot and the morning line favorite is number six saddle up jesse who's bidding for her third straight win our friends at Amwager, using form to win, have number two Evidencias on top, Bob, for Christophe Clement and Dylan Davis, coming off a nice second-place finish to Hot Fudge in an allowance last time out.
1: Yeah, Evidencias is is kind of interesting in here. Brazilian bread looks to be on the improve for a very uh, outstanding outfit in Christophe Clement's barn. Uh, Brittany Russell, Maryland's top trainer of uh, 2023 and Saddle Up Jesse is a big reason why. Saddle Up Jesse was claimed last January 21st at Santa Anita out of a six-furlong maiden-claiming-20 race in which uh, she was beaten a length under Frankie Dettori, claimed off of Simon Callahan, then reappeared in June at Delaware, broke her maiden for Maiden 32,000 by 17, and then was well on her way. And her outstanding season culminated in a pretty dominant victory December twenty-third at Laurel on the Carousel, in which she won over this nine furlong distance in four and three-quarter lengths. Um, so that was very, very impressive. She's by more than ready out of a Bernardini mare. Can't fault her in any way, shape, or form. I'm leaning towards what will probably be the second choice in here, five to two in the morning line. The 4 she's, Mo Mo Bubbly. Um, she's a lightly raced five-year-old by Uncle Mo out of a Bernardini mare. Todd Pletcher trains her. I'm expecting a big day from Kendrick Carmouche on Saturday at Aqueduct. She was pretty impressive, showed a lot of tenacity to win here in a uh, optional allowance claimer on December 16th. And in- interestingly, Pletcher decides this is a good time for her to make her stakes debut. Um, so I'm going to give her the edge uh, with uh, her tactical speed over Saddle Up Juzzy.
2: Boy, what a tremendous job Brittany Russell did with Saddle Up, Jesse. This was a mare who was claimed uh, by Brittany Russell back in January of last year out of a maiden $20,000 claimer at Santa Anita, where she was off the board, uh, finishing fourth at odds of 6-1. to Since then, she's won four of six for her new barn, including a 17-length maiden win, and as you mentioned last time out, now a stakes win in the carousel, I think, She's going to get the job done in the ladies at Aqueduct. I know that the racing in New York in general is tougher than what Saddle Up Jessie uh, probably saw in Maryland, but uh, she's been running very, very well, and she just continues to ascend up the speed figure ladder. I think she's going to get a good trip from the outside post, and I think Saddle Up Jessie will continue her winning ways and get the job done in the ladies race eight tomorrow at the big a all right we are going to take our first break when we come back we're going to head down the east coast to gulfstream park they've got three stakes on their saturday card you're listening to the am wager weekend stakes preview on the horse racing radio network there are plenty of thrills at gulfstream park with live thoroughbred action friday through sunday and simulcasting seven days a week join us on track for weekend stakes races
3: Nine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets and more, head to goldstreampark.com.
4: Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry, one in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
2: Hi, this is Kurt Becker. Join me each week on the Equine Forum as I take you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. This week, I look back at the racing career of Sun King. Listen live on the Equine Forum every Saturday morning on Sirius 162 or XM 207 or visit our website at horseracingradio.net to access the archives and enjoy past editions. It's a stroll through racing history with me, Kurt Becker, presented by Keeneland, only here on HRRN.
0: You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN.
2: As the field comes to the top of the stretch, we'll get... star cuba and royal assault that was tom durkin on the call back in 2005 the grade two brooklyn handicap won by limehouse and there's a stake named in his honor tomorrow out at gulfstream park welcome back to the am wager weekend stakes preview here on hrrn bobby newman bob Nastanovich. let's head down to gulfstream park they've got three stakes on their saturday card the first of which is the ginger brew and this is a little bit funny to me bob ginger brew (laughs) was a filly that was owned by frank stronix stronic stable and she won the woodbine oaks uh back in 2008 and was named uh, got the sovereign award which is canada's equivalent of our eclipse awards in 2008 as the champion three-year-old filly overall in ginger brew's career she raced five times at Gulfstream and won once and it was an allowance race in fact she never won a graded stake in her career but going with the theory that uh the golden rule he who has the gold makes the rules he decided he wanted a race named in her honor at Gulfstream Park a place where well she didn't really have a whole lot of success and we get this year's edition of the ginger brew tomorrow as race nine on the Gulfstream Park card. three-year-old fillies going to go a mile on the turf Thirteen were entered, twelve with one AE. Morning line favorite is number twelve, Life's in Audible, according to our friends at AmWager using a uh, form to win. Best value in the race comes from number sa- number seven, San Pantaleo, who is on the bo- on the mo- morning line rather at ten to one, coming off an impressive maiden win sprinting on the turf at Aqueduct. She's going to be a long shot. Where did you end up, Bob?
1: I thought this was a really deep field and a really good race. Um, you know, kind of a deep division in South Florida at this point. Uh, uh, three-year-old fillies on the grass going a mile. I narrowed it down to two. Um, I like the 10-horse Yatta in here. A lot of Yoshida filly out of an archmare, um, who really has been gradually improving, as you might expect, for trainer Graham Motion throughout her career. Has always been heavily backed. Um, kind of is starting to put it all together and really ran her the best race of her career December 2nd. In the uh, grade three Jimmy Durante at uh, Del Mar. Um, We knock a lot of the turf races out there in Southern California. But I think the Jimmy Durante was an unusually good renewal. And I think the two-year-old fillies are pretty good out there in Southern California. Zona Verde won the race. And Lady DeBerry shipped out from Kentucky and ran a huge race. Finished a neck in front of uh, Yada. So I think that's really good form. I think she's moving forward. Kind of an an exciting jockey-trainer tandem here, hooking up for the first time. Um, Irish jockey O'Sheen Murphy who plies his trade mainly in the UK riding for Graham Motion I think that's pretty cool, we'll see how they do a couple of live ones uh, for that tandem, but my selection is going to be in honor of Ginger Brew, the Ontario Bread, both, <laughs> both Ontario Breads, that's, that's the link and my, my pick is the 6 uh, Waska Sue who, uh, which is a uh, beautiful lake in Saskatchewan if you didn't know um, she woke up on the turf um, on 11, on November 18th at Aqueduct. Won really impressively under Junior Alvarado. Um, ran a couple of decent races sprinting on the dirt at Saratoga, one on a fast track, one in the mud. But really looked the real deal uh, when she uh, was moved to the turf by trainer Bill Mott. Uh, another one with tactical speed and a really lovely uh, turf family. Her second dam, Una McCool, was a very good grade two winner on the turf. And uh, with her speed, I'm going to give her the edge at a nice price. She's 8-1 on the morning line. Waskasoo for Alvarado and Mott.
2: Yeah, we're on the same Philly here. I like Waskasoo as well at 8-1. to one. Uh, I thought that maiden win is every bit as good as any of these others have done trying stakes. And m- my theory is that stakes as a 2-year-old, especially when you get on the turf, it- it's hard to tell. You know, th- they tend to get overbet because people see these past performance lines and see some sort of stake uh stake notification in there or graded stake at times and the truth is a lot of times these are runners that are eligible for a other than allowance conditions they've gone straight from maiden races into stake races so i think that maiden win from waska Sioux is every bit as every as good as anyone in these stakes has run thus far and there's no reason she can't continue to improve waska Sioux for both bob and myself in the ginger brew race nine tomorrow at Gulfstream 10th race is the aforementioned Limehouse. Three-year-old's going to sprint seven furlongs on the main track. Field of seven here. Bob, best value play according to Amwager using form to win is number one, Sir Flash, who is eight to one on the line, coming off a fourth place finish in the inaugural stakes at Tampa Bay Downs. Real intriguing favorite in this spot. Number two, Valiant Force for Jorge Delgado and David Egan. Valiant Force has five career starts all on turf, Certainly, if this race were on turf, he would be a total standout. But he's 7-5 to five trying dirt for the first time.
1: Yes, this race named after Limehouse, who won the 2004 Hutchison amongst his uh, seven wins in his very solid career. Of course, we sort of consider him more of a route horse. Uh, keep an eye out for uh, Steeler Mischief in here. He's real interesting. He drew the outside post, um, the 7. Irad Ortiz rides him. Uh, for Fausto Gutierrez, the first time they've hooked up. Uh horse is training right along at Paul Meadows adds blinkers and if he runs back to some of his earlier races he might find himself on the front end uh if the if the blinkers have their desired effect for uh, Gutierrez. Interesting horse at a little bit of a price. Uh yes Valiant Force <clears throat> is really a force to be reckoned with um, it was a valiant effort when he chased home uh, Big Ev, It was really one of my favorite races of this year's Breeders' Cup. Uh, really exciting race. He ran into Van Deek at Deauville uh, on August 20th. That was uh, too much for him, but he won the uh, Norfolk at Ascot at 150-1 to 1 under Ross Ryan for his uh, previous trainer, the Irish trainer, Adrian Murray. Jorge Delgado now trains him like he does many of these Ammo Racing USA horses who have come over from Europe. David Egan, the stable rider, takes the mount. And this is a Malibu moon colt out of a quality road mare. That, to me, that screams versatility. Should be able to handle anything and certainly works over the surface in the morning with aplomb. I will take the two valiant force to win his uh, uh, dirt debut in that I think it's not the uh, toughest bunch. I think it's a good opportunity for him to uh, show his ability on uh, the main track.
2: Yeah, I think the horses that have been running on dirt just aren't great in this spot. They're okay, not great. Runners like Sir Flash and Cuban Thunder. Other ones look slowish to me, speed figure wise. So if Valiant Force uh, can run at all on the dirt, he looks like he lays over this field. Uh, he's 7-5 to five on the morning line, probably going to be closer to even money, which is a little bit too short for me on him, but he's the horse that I would use if uh, if I had to in the Limehouse. Dave, uh, Bob and I both like Number two, valiant force to win the Limehouse in his dirt debut tomorrow at Gulfstream. Eleventh race tomorrow down in Hallandale Beach is the Dania Beach. Three-year-old's going to try a mile on the turf. Field of 10 going to post here. And according to our friends at Amwager, using form to win, this is an interesting one. The best long shot to get involved at a price. Number four, Tokayo, who has been in the money seven of ten career tries coming off a fourth, uh, a four-length defeat in the pulpit most recently. That doesn't mean that they necessarily think that this is a win contender, but a horse who's probably not far behind in whatever ratings they're using and close enough to maybe use an exact as tries and supers.
1: Sure. Um, the Dana Beach, just like the uh, Ginger Brew, uh, looks like a very uh, tough and deep race, uh, kind of what I call a handicapping contest race. You can go in a lot of different directions. Uh, I'm kind of remiss that you uh, missed the opportunity to talk about the prime rib at the Dana Beach High Life Anton, but I'll leave that for your segment here in a second. Uh, that made my mouth water last night really, when we the really closed. Really, <laughs> really good. Uh, we got to start. We got to start with Agat Road. Um, Agat Road's the class of the race. He, uh, he he drew the ten hole, the outside post. It's Irad Ortiz and Todd Pletcher. Um, never run a bad race, broke his maiden at Saratoga in September, came back and won the, the Pilgrim really impressively, and then ran a really good race behind Unquestionable in fifth beat two and a half lengths in the Breeders' Cup. He makes his return working right, uh, right along at Palm Beach Downs. Um, $650,000 son of quality road out of a gemologist mare, hard to knock. Think he'll definitely go off shorter than eight to five. Um, you can't make too many errors in the short stretch of the Gulfstream Park turf course, so he'll have to get uh, the seams, uh, but certainly has the class to do so. I'm going to take a stand against him at a short price. A reminder of the five-horse in here for trainer Jose D'Angelo. Um, was really impressive when chasing home. No- noted, another very good horse. Um, uh, beaten a neck by Noted after a storming home after a troubled trip. Um, he deserves... Uh, Definitely uh, some strong interest, three-year-old son of audible out of a war chant mare. But my selection is going to be Edgartown. Edgartown switches from uh, trainer Joe Sharp, who's been so hot uh, in the last couple of months, to Graham Motion, who's off to a really good start himself, this meet. He's three three for 12 with a couple of seconds. Again, he taps O'Sheen Murphy uh, to ride this horse. And this horse has never run a bad one either. And he ran in three maiden races, but he faced really good horses. He, he lost to Can Group, um, who won the Bourbon at, at uh, Keeneland um, in the fall during the fall meet. Nice horse. And then he uh, was ch- chasing home Frontline Warrior, who's the nine in here for Suge McGahee. Um, you know, that's two nice horses. Good maiden race at Keeneland, and then he won really impressive on in a, on the Churchill Turf on November fourth. Um, has been working well in the morning to take a shot on this uh, this horse uh, Edgar town the eight. Uh, he's by quality road out of a fed bid mare a lot of nice turf influences in the female family that'll be my pick the eight Edgar town.
2: All right, well, I'm going to also try to beat the favorite, Agate Road. I don't have any knocks against him other than I don't love the outside post. I think number three, Depiction, is interesting. He's coming out of that aforementioned Bourbon, which I think came back really strong October 8th at Keeneland, running behind those horses you mentioned, Can Group and Noted, just to name a few. And he was only uh, a little over two lengths from winning the Bourbon, and that was his first try against winners. He's now had a few months off since that race, comes back for a very good barn in Cherie DeVoe. And Tyler Gaffleyon picking up the mount for the first time, eight to one on the morning line. Number three depiction. I think he gets the job done in the Dania Beach. By the way, just to set the record straight regarding the prime rib at the Dania High Life <laughs> Fronton, uh, this was back when, back when it was just High Life uh, and they had uh, off-track betting there too. But when High Life was a thing and they had a big clubhouse and it was a big, it was a big to-do to actually go sit in the clubhouse and have the prime rib. Now it's completely different it's a ca- the casino uh there and and highlight is just kind of an afterthought and uh i would rather re-eat my own vomit than eat the oh, food God. that they have there right now all right we, we're gonna take another break on that note when we come back we're gonna head down to the bayou three big stakes at fairgrounds tomorrow this is the am wager weekend stakes preview on hrrn
3: Fans, world-class racing is underway at spectacular Santa Anita, so come join the fun as we move into the new year. First post time Saturday and Sunday is at 12 noon, with admission gates opening at 10 a.m. Three-year-olds take center stage this weekend. The Grade 2 $200,000 San Vicente highlights Saturday's card, and on Sunday, three-year-old fillies go seven furlongs in the Grade 3 Santa Ana's. Horse players, check out our new wagering menu that includes the traditional pick six with a $1 minimum, and this week. This weekend marks the return of the Coast to Coast Pick 5, a $1 minimum wager with a low 15% takeout that combines races from both Santa Anita and Gulfstream Park. Additionally, our popular all-turf pick 3 is back with a $3 minimum showcasing the final three turf races each day. And check out our new dollar minimum trifectas and rolling pick 3s with bigger payouts the order of the day. Santa Anita, it's the great race place.
4: Small cell lung cancer can affect anyone, not only smokers. The good news is early lung cancer screenings can detect small cell lung cancer before it spreads when the disease is most treatable. Join Stand Up to Cancer and Jazz Pharmaceuticals to raise awareness of small cell lung cancer and accelerate the pace of research. Ask your healthcare provider about screening options that might be right for you or a loved one. Visit standuptocancer.org/lung to learn more.
0: Want to get the latest HRRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow. Or download the Podbean app and search HRRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN.
3: It's Queens up, the leader, Sharpeiro. Au revoir, switches to the outside. Around the turn, they're in the stretch. Queens up, still has her head in front. In between horses, Sharpeiro. Then on the outside in the orange, Au revoir, now closing ground. Followed up by off-ramp. And then it's Charlie's Penny, Chitara, inside the final furlong. Sharp has the lead. Here comes the Illinois Bread on the outside. ouvoir And Ouvre takes the lead in the final 50 yards. And the Illinois Bread au will win it. Sharp west was second. Then it was off ramp, followed up by Queens Up. It was the Illinois Bread ouvoir Emmanuel Escabel winning the 2023 Jean Elizabeth Handicap at Hawthorne.
2: That was the voice of Pete Galassi on the call, the 2023 edition of the Jean Elizabeth at Hawthorne Ouvre, getting the job done. For uh, that afternoon, for Manny Esquivel and trainer Chris Block and Ouvra going to try to get the job done tomorrow in the Nelson J. Menard Memorial, one of three stakes on the Fairgrounds program tomorrow afternoon. Welcome back to the M. Wager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Before we get back to those races at Fairgrounds, it's time now for the Blood Horse News Update and a look at the top headlines from Bloodhorse.com. Well, this is a little bit of a sad story. Popular $4.7 million earner Perfect Drift dies at 25. Perfect Drift, the popular gelding who won or placed in 32 of 50 starts from 2001 to 2008 and earned over $4.7 million, it was euthanized January 4th due to complications from a years-old paddock injury, according to Dr. Brian Reed of Stonecrest Farm. Perfect Grip was 25. The son of Dynaformer Former was durable as he was talented, hitting the board in 21 graded races for Stone Crescent Farm, including a third place finish in the 2002 Kentucky Derby. Most of the starts came for trainer Murray Johnson before he joined the California stable of Hall of Fame trainer Richard Mandela late in his racing career. For Johnson, he won the 2003 grade one Stephen Foster. 2002 Grade 2 Spiral, the 2003 Grade 2 Hawthorne Gold Cup, and two runnings of the Grade 2 Washington Park Handicap in 2003 and 2005, often following a similar racing schedule from year to year. Perfect Drift, quote, kept showing up, unquote, Reed said. Hall of Famers Pat Day and Eddie Delahusse were among the jockeys who wrote them. And after his racing career, he became a pony and enjoyed paddock life at Stonecrest Farm. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. There's one website that's the industry's go-to site for racing, breeding, sales, and news. It's bloodhorse.com. From breaking news to sire lists, results, race replay videos, leading earner lists, and so much more. You'll find it all at bloodhorse.com. The largest equine news site focused on owners and breeders. Bob, there are a lot of horses uh, that we've seen that have been very, very good during our lifetimes, and some of them I plainly do not like. This is a horse that I loved for some reason his entire career. It seemed like I was always a perfect drift fan, and maybe it's because of what they said in this story, that he just always showed up and ran good race after good race against the best of competition.
1: He was amazing. He's a war horse. You know, he's kind of what... Um, a lot of racing fans yearn for, and those those are really, you know, tough, you know, old stakes horses that come back year after year, and we really sort of get to know them, and of course, with Australian Murray Johnson training, who's who's a real character, um, you know, I, I clearly remember his derby because War Emblem won it, um, Gate to Wire, um, after winning the Illinois Derby and switching from Frank Springer's barn to Baffert's, and, uh, Perfect Drift, notably, was the only horse in the race that really closed ground. He came from pretty far back and uh, kind of rallied down on the inside, and that kind of stamped him as, as a horse <clears throat> that was just you know, a consistent in game, and that's kind of what we got throughout the course of his uh, career, uh, short fields, big fields, wherever he was uh, a force to be reckoned with.
2: Yeah, really, really nice uh, gelding, and uh, he lived, it It sounded like, a, a really good life and had a little bit of a paddock accident a couple of years ago that came back, and uh, they had to make a tough decision, and they certainly didn't want him to suffer at all, and uh, they made this decision to put him down a few days ago. All right, uh, let's get down to some handicapping with the fairgrounds action, three stakes, on the Saturday card, including the Gary Palmasano Memorial. These are Louisiana breads uh, that are four-year-olds and up, sprinting six furlongs on the main track. Goes as the sixth race on the card. Uh, six of them going to post in here, Bob. And despite the fact that Mangum defeated Braun and Brow last time out in the Louisiana Day sprint, uh, Braun and Brow is the 8-5 to five favorite on the morning line.
1: Yeah, kind of interesting. On December 9th, um, basically the same conditions as this race in the Louisiana Sprint, and it drew 14 horses. This time we just have six. Um, We do, of course, have the top two, like you mentioned. And uh, when Mangum won, he was capping off a really amazing 2023 campaign in which he went six for nine, won $276,000. But it was his first sprint race, and he really made – uh, marvelous run under Corey Lannery to get up by a half length uh, repeat of those tactics in a short field. I just you know that was a pretty lively pace. It went twenty two and one forty five and three that day, and uh Mangum really weaved weaved his way through traffic uh, for Jeff delholm, who's three for four on this meet with a second. Of course, he trains touch upon a star, and that's you know a team that involves his father and brother, of course, the former NFL quarterback Jake delholm. Um look, it and it's a two horse race on paper despite the other entrance. I can't see anybody upsetting the Apple cart here. Um just because he seems like more of a six furlong horse and more of a Gulfstream horse, I'm gonna give the nod to Braun and Brow for Gary Barber and Mark Cassie. Uh Relu Gutierrez takes the mount back. He really had a trouble trip from the fourteenth uh hole the fourteenth hole last time. Uh, now, Mangum broke from the 13, um, so now they're in the 1-3 and three hole. I just think that Braun and Brow Brau has a slight edge and should be able to hold off uh, Mangum, but I, but I wouldn't bet the race uh, with, with any significant confidence, but I definitely think it will be those
2: two. Yeah, I think I liked Mangum last time out, and I'm also going to stick with what you said, number three, Braun and Brow. Brau. I just think he had the worst of it trip-wise. Even just look at it, look at his running line. He was in the four-path and had to swing seven wide at the top of the stretch. And he still only lost by a half a length. And I'm guessing he had he ran more than a half a length further than Mangum did in the race. So Braun and Brow, yeah, he's not going to be the greatest of prices. But I think he's going to get a better trip from post position number three. And Bob and I both think he's going to win the Gary Palmisano Memorial. Eighth race on the card at Fairgrounds tomorrow is the Bob Wright Memorial. These are Louisiana bred fillies and mares sprinting six furlongs on the main track. A field of seven going to post in this race and the two that are going to get hammered at the windows are number two overcharged and three free like a girl
1: yeah interesting you know we have eight of these ran on the december 9th lady louisiana ladies sprint this time we get seven so we get most of these back a couple new shooters um like you mentioned Appears to be a two-horse race on paper. Maybe the one-horse bell-out jock switch from Ray Lou to Ola Fernandez for Courtney Dandridge might get involved. Uh, kind of got sucked into a speed duel last time. Um, overcharged ran a huge race um, last time. Got up by a nose from Basalt Street, who's since come back and won a stakes race at Delta. That was another three-and-a-half lengths to Spirited Beauty. I think might be continue to be a little bit overmatched in this division, uh, but there are a few uh, few horses and training that are are more admirable in the in the in my selection here. The three free like a girl, uh, five year old daughter, of L Deal out of a flashy bull mare bred in Louisiana who sold for five and a half thousand dollars, as a yearling and has now run out well over a million. She's fifteen for thirty two, she's four for eight at Gulf's or at Fairgrounds. Uh, four for eight at this distance, seven for eight in the money. And she just dominated uh, the uh, Louisiana ladies' Distaff, uh, going a mile and a 16th under Vicente Del Cid, who's the leading rider down at Delta. Before that, she won a stakes race going uh, three quarters here. So she's very versatile, just a professional racehorse. And I give her the edge in a, what looks like a two-horse race.
2: All right, I went the other way. I picked overcharged, and maybe it's because I think that she might be in front of Free Like a Girl at the top of the stretch free like a girl has run well sprinting but to me she's better routing than she is sprinting um not that she's bad sprinting i just think she's more effective routing and overcharge looks like she's uh just a sprinter and uh, although she's probably got enough speed to vie for the lead i think she's going to be able to sit just in behind uh fillies and mares like kyle beauty like bailout and uh like number seven lake marie and probably get first run going into the turn and maybe be in front at the eighth pole with free like a girl trying to mow her down. I don't think that's gonna be that easy. So, but we like the two favorites. We're just picking the opposite ones. I like overcharged. Bob likes free like a girl in an intriguing renewal of the Bob Wright Memorial race eight tomorrow at the fairgrounds. Ninth race is the aforementioned Nelson Menard Memorial, fillies and mares here, uh, going about five and a half furlongs on the turf. We've got a field of nine gathering in this race, Bob and morning line favorite is number three Karimba coming off a nice win in the Panzeretta.
1: Yeah Karimba's a pretty amazing mayor. She's six now she's run ten times. Um, she started off her career running for Wesley Ward as an Indiana bred at, uh, at uh, Horseshoe. Um, won her first three starts very easily going 58s on the grass there um, got beat. Um, in an allowance race, and then got beat in the uh, Indiana U- University Hoosier race on August 11th of 2021. She was off for nearly two years. Reemerged with John Donaldson, uh, the owner, new trainer Ray Hernandez, and basically picked up where she left off. I mean, she's been she was pretty amazing last year, three for five, culminating in a win in the Panzeretta. On November 25th, a comfortable win by a length and three-quarters after being bumped at the start. Uh, this is a horse that shuttles back and forth from the uh, thoroughbred center outside of Lexington to Fairgrounds. She had a sparkling work on December 29th. Very hard to oppose, but opposable only with the five-horse Uvra and here trained by Chris Block, ridden by Jareth Loveberry, the defending champion in the race, and another one of these amazing horses. I mean, she's 14 for 23 lifetime and five-and-a-half on the grass at Fairgrounds is her favorite game. She's one. She's two for two doing that, run two big figures. And, and November 18th in the grade three at Chaluki going a one-turn mile against Hot and Sultry was just an unusual ask of her. So she's been freshened, working right along at Fairgrounds, and I expect her to win a uh, very, very uh, exciting renewal renewal over Karimba in the final strides. I'll pick the five Ouvre. Uvra.
2: Yeah, I don't really have anything to add to that. I like number five, Uvra as well, for everything that you said. I love the fact that she's two for two at the fairgrounds, and she looks like she's just, uh, even though she's good on dirt, I think she's as good, if not better, on turf. She is under. She looks like a fantastic mare to own because you can keep entering for these turf races, and if for some reason it gets rained over to the main track at whatever location it is, it doesn't seem to bother her. You don't have to scratch her out of the race. She's still going to run a good one. Bob and I both think Uvra is the one to beat, and I think she probably will be favored, despite the fact that she's 7-2 to on the morning line. I think a lot of people are going to see the same things we see, and I like Uva just like you do, in the Nelson Menard Memorial Race 9 tomorrow at the fairgrounds. All right, we're going to take one more break. When we come back, we have one more Saturday stake to look at, the Pippin at Oaklawn, and then we'll look at a couple of the Sunday stakes races. This is the Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network.
4: Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your Social Security number or other personal information and tell you that your Social Security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your Social Security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, or you could be arrested? That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at OIG.SSA. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council.
0: Trainer Talk, presented by Fasig Tipton. Please join me in welcoming Hall of Fame
1: trainer Todd Fletcher. Hall
0: of Fame trainer Nick Zito on Trainer Talk. Welcome Hall of Famer Bob
1: Baffert to the program. Hall of Fame trainer Suge McGee. nice enough to spend some time with us. Hall of Fame trainer
0: Bill Mott here on Trainer Talk. Dual Hall of Fame trainer Mark Cassie. Trainer Talk, the biggest names in horse racing. Wednesdays, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN.
2: Lovely Ride at the quarter pole, a half-length in front of Ice Orchid, who has every chance to outfinish her. These two have separated themselves, four lengths from La De Vida. Lovely Ride is tough to get by. Lovely Ride, a final furlong, and she is turning away Ice Orchid, who's going to try her one more time. Lovely Ride reaches. Ice Orchid trying to forge by. Now she's getting closer again. La De Vida closing third. Lovely Ride, Ice Orchid cannot catch Lovely Ride! The 41st Pippin goes to Lovely Ride over Ice Orchid. La De Vida was third, close for fourth. Traverse and Grayson's Macho Gal. Fixed offer on the call last year, the Pippin stakes at Oaklawn Park, won in gate to wire fashion by Lovely Ride. She will try to defend her crown in this year's edition of the Pippin tomorrow at Oaklawn. Welcome back to the Am Wager Weekend Stakes preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich, folks, AmWager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Go to link.amwager.com/hrrn. forward You'll get 10 bucks instantly for signing up, then deposit 150, bet 150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's that easy. Once again, go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amleger, built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob. Well, our final Saturday stake that we're going to talk about is the aforementioned Pippin. goes as the ninth race tomorrow at Oaklawn Park. Phillies and Mares going the two-turn mile and a 16th. We've got a field of five coming together in the Pippin this year. Lovely ride, by the way. That was the last time that she saw the winner's circle. She's run five times since that victory in the Pippin and seems to be headed the wrong direction. We'll see if she can turn it all around tomorrow. The morning line says no, though. There are several with a lower price than her on the line, including the favorite, number five, Ice Orchid.
1: Yeah, if you like Lovely Ride, put a line through her last race. She was pretty much eliminated. Um, kind of an unfortunate incident when she when she had to check hard about halfway through the Mistletoe. And this, you know, this renewal of the Pippin, which is a grand old uh, Oaklawn race, uh, is is uh, the Mistletoe was the first race uh, for this division at uh, Oaklawn, and that drew ten, unfortunately. And kind of frustratingly, uh, only four of them have come back for the Pippin five total. Uh, the new shooter is Tiz a Macho Girl, who ships up from Delta in form. Uh, Harry Hernandez, who was a leading rider at Canterbury uh, this past summer, rides for Justin Evans. I think that uh, she'll definitely be a factor in this uh, short field and that she needs to be sent, and she'll probably pressure a lovely ride. And the two of them could uh, set things up <clears throat> for a horse, That sits just off the pace, and I expect that to be uh, Misty Vale. Misty Vale, uh, the jock switch from Isaac Castillo is very good to Ramon Vasquez. For Mike Maker, a six-year-old tonalist mare, um, got beat a half length after hitting the front and the mistletoe by Butterbean. Butterbean is in here again, but I just don't think there'll be enough of a pace uh, for Butterbean to get the job done. I think she'll be a little bit too far behind. And I think everything kind of points to a big run uh, for uh, Misty Vale in uh, what would be her first ever uh, stakes win. She's got a lot of stakes placings. I think she breaks through in her 34th lifetime start.
2: All right. I think the the, the race is going to be run a little bit differently. I just see number one, Lovely Ride, getting out and going from the inside post. And number five, Ice Orchid. Uh, just sitting that nice stalking trip from the outside. I don't think she's going to apply pressure at all. I think she may lay right off the flank of Lovely Ride, but Ice Orchid has continued her good form, whereas lovely ride has not and although lovely ride was able to easily fend off ice orchid and everyone else in last year's edition of the Pippin, and i don't think she's the same kind of filly that she was back then and i don't think she's as good or i should say mare, as she was back then i don't think she's as good as ice orchid is right now so i think ice orchid gets first run makes the lead by the time they get to the top of the stretch You make the lead at the top of the stretch, going a mile and a 16th at Oaklawn Park. As we've heard many, many times from all their different race callers, it's a short stretch uh, there at Oaklawn Park. Yeah, it's not uh, the short stretch of the mile run, but it's a short stretch, and I expect uh, Ice Orchid to get the perfect trip and get the job done in the Pippin tomorrow. A couple of Sunday stakes that we want to look at, starting with the feature down at Gulfstream Park. Ninth race on Sunday is the Glitter Woman. She was a nice filly in her own right this race. Three-year-old filly sprinting six furlongs on the main track. Field of seven coming together here. Number one, Into Champagne. Looked good last summer at Ellis, but we haven't seen her since.
1: Yeah, no, this is a a, a group for the most part of very experienced three-year-old fillies, including Let Them Watch, who uh, led them gate to wire in uh, Tampa's Sandpiper Stakes on December 2nd. Um, I think Into Champagne's uh, something special. I mean, she basically... Uh, annihilated a, a kind of a deep group of uh, maidens. In fact, the third place finisher in there is, uh, was Buku, who of course uh, could be more of a turf horse, but she impressively won the Jessamine at Keeneland in the fall. So, by Ellis standards, it was a very good uh, maiden two-year-old race in the summertime. Uh, for whatever reason, she's been absent from the races. For Ian Wilkes, this is a guy that that um, does an outstanding job, but doesn't win with a lot of first-time starters. Brings them is known for his patience uh julian leperu makes the trip for his first amount of the year at uh gulfstream so he sticks with her he must think that she's something special a three-year-old daughter of into mischief out of a spites town mayor and i think there's some nice fillies in here but no stars and i think into champagne has superstar uh potential um i think this is the uh first step in what what might be an outstanding career and uh I'm going to pick, pick her in her uh, long-awaited uh, return to the races, the, the one into Champagne.
2: Yeah, I think she stands out in this field as well. Don't love the inside post, but the thing that amazed me is one thing that you said. Uh, Ian Wilkes is not really known for winning with first-time starters, and fair or not, he's kind of pigeonholed into that. Uh, same thing with, like, Shug McGahee and a few other trainers where people just assume that their second time out is going to be lengths better than what we saw first time and not only did into into champagne win by seven in her debut she was actually favored in a field of 10 that day so the word was out by far that this is not your normal ian wilkes first time starter and she delivered uh with authority and the thing that amazes me is that at least in the way i see it that race in the middle of her two-year-old year so halfway through her two-year-old season which is actually less than halfway, since we know the two-year-olds don't start in jan- you know January, February, and, and most places March. Uh, I think she ran faster that day as a two-year-old than any of these other fillies have. Since then, as two-year-olds, uh, you know, even late in the season with many races under their belt, I think she'll be better this year than she was last year. And like you, Bob, I think into Champagne could be a, no- a good one for Ian Wilkes. We both like her to win the Glitter Woman Sunday over at Gulfstream. The Sunday feature at Santa Anita is the grade three Santa Inez for the three-year-old Phillies, also sprinting seven uh, seven furlongs, or rather sprinting seven furlongs. The Glitter Woman was six furlongs. Uh, but we have another very highly regarded Philly, this time amongst a field of five, and that's Richard Mandela's Copion. Copion was super good at odds of one to five in her debut. And that race is probably good enough to beat these by daylight.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tambo's a respectable filly. I mean, she's <clears throat> no no trainer really had a, a, a more improved year just now. He's always been a good trainer. But Peter Yurton had a really wonderful 2023 season. And this enticed filly Tambo, she's pretty uh, admirable. She just missed versus nothing like you at Del Mar in uh, late uh, November. Nothing like you, of course, came back to win the uh, grade two starlet. Um, it was interesting in that race. Tampa kind of swished her tail under right-handed uh, encouragement there from uh, Frezu. Um, it's just, yeah, you know, she's good, but I think she's vulnerable. I mean, Copion, in a similar fashion to Into Champagne, like you said, couldn't have been any more impressive. Um, she kind of bided her time, and when she was asked, she romped in, and you st- the word was out. She was three to ten for. Uh, Flavian Pratt Mandela who won this race last year with Ice Dancing Copion is a half to Amos Gizmo who was the Canadian champion three-year-old Colt in 2016 so a well-bred sort good-looking chestnut and I think on Sunday afternoon we're going to see a couple of special fillies, uh, one at Gulfstream into Champagne and this Copion um, but they'll both have to overcome inside post I think they'll both have the talent to do so so well, Copion's my selection in here
2: yeah, mine as well. The difference is, is I think into Champagne has a better chance at being higher than even money than Copion does. Copion's three to five on the morning line, and if John White is laying her three to five on the morning line, that's probably because he doesn't really want to lay her one to five, which is probably what she's going to be in this spot. She's not a cinch. But her maiden win would beat this field, and she could be better second time out than she was in her debut. Bob and I both think Copion gets a job, the job done in the Santa, Santa Inez at a short price on Sunday. That's 12 races, Bob. Time now for the M. wager Best Bets. The Amwager Best Bets. Bet. All right, Bob, where are you headed?
1: Yeah, it's tough this week. There's a lot of horses um, at short prices that I like, and uh we're trying to get something above even money. Um, I took the three free like a girl in the Bob Wright, uh, the six furlong uh, state bread stakes race on fairgrounds. Goes to the eighth race on Saturday. Um, I love Uvra. Um, you mentioned she's a horse. We, you'd love to own. me. Certainly would have loved to have been there, bidding $6,000 on free like a girl when she sold as a yearling. She's 15 for 32. I think she'll just be too tough under Vicente Del Cid in the Bob Wright.
2: All right, and probably won't be favored in that race, although she could be. certainly wouldn't be a heavy favorite with overcharged in there. Free Like a Girl for Bob, post position number three in race eight tomorrow at Fairgrounds, the Bob Wright Memorial. Uh, I'm going to take a little bit of a lower price. I can't get away from the Ian Wilkes trainee into Champagne, who I know you love and you probably wanted to make her your am wager, best bet, but uh, you're giving away a little bit of a bigger price than I. I am into champagne as eight to five. Boy, if we could get fixed odds wagering now on these races uh, at Gulfstream Park, uh, it sounds like there's a chance in the future that New York may have fixed odds wagering. That uh, news story came out today. It's not guaranteed, uh, cool. but it's something that's uh, going to be on the ballots, as it were. Uh, I would lock in eight to five with as much money as I could find right now on into champagne for ian wilkes and the glitter woman race nine on Sunday at Gulfstream Park. I think she's just better than this field. And like you, Bob, I think she has a chance at being a very, very nice filly. Want to remind everybody tomorrow morning, another big edition of the Equine Forum. Our good friend Mike Penna, the Baron of the Backstretch, has his hands full and he will be busy talking with trainer Brad Cox as he looks back on his big year in 2023 and shares his thoughts on his top horses for this year. Jockey Drayden Van Dyke is back and discusses his battle with mental wellness which led him to step away from riding for a little bit. Brian Pettigrew, who's the vice president and general manager of Texas Racing Operations for Penn Entertainment, previews the Sam Houston meet. And Old Friends founder Michael Blowen, recalls his fondest memories on the farm. Plus, Joe Kustafek gives you three races to watch in this week's Triple Play. Kurt Becker takes you on a stroll through racing history presented by Keeneland. Dale Romans and Tim Wilkin tackle the sports hottest topics in I Ask, They Answer, presented by the University of Louisville Equine Industry Program, all part of another big edition of the Equine Forum tomorrow and every Saturday morning here on HRRN, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. You can listen in on Sirius 162, XM 207, online channel 999, or on our website, horseracingradio.net. Bob, we are now... I, I wouldn't say we're knee deep in the road to the Kentucky Derby season, but we're certainly starting. it. I know theoretically, uh, we started late in the two-year-old year for some of these horses. They do have several points races, aside from the Breeders' Cup, uh, that are points qualifiers. But now that we're into January, it seems like we are headed down that road looking toward Kentucky and uh, trying to find the horses that nobody else finds, if you were, maybe looking in some of these maiden races or A other than races for three-year-olds and see who's going to take these big leaps forward so we can see them, you know, in races like the Rebel and the Arkansas Derby and the Louisiana Derby and the Risen Star and the San Felipe and the, San, the Santa Anita Derby and the Florida Derby and so on.
1: Focus this weekend on three-year-old Phillies, Some two really good ones on uh, Sunday, and we'll see who takes the uh, step forward in the direction of the uh, Kentucky Oaks and other good races. But uh, your selection there, Into Champagne and Copion, look like uh, two fillies that could go on to bigger and better things.
2: Yeah, we will see if they stretch out and how they do after their performances this week. Into Champagne by Into Mischief out of a spice Town mare, Copion by Omaha Beach out of a victory Gallup Mare. So there's reasons for both of them to be able to go longer than the sprint distances that they're going to see on Sunday. That's going to wrap up another fun edition of the Amwager Weekend States preview for our producer, Lee Delapina, my co-host, Bob Nastanovich. I'm Bobby Newman. Thanks so much for listening in and have a great weekend at the track, everybody.